You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. On today's show, we're going to be joined later on by Mitch Wolf, who's going to talk about realignment. We're going to talk about and hear his perspective on Oklahoma and Texas and the moves that they've made. We're going to also hear about how the ACC could be impacted and where Boston College lands in all of this. But before we do that, let's hit the news. Let's get into what happened in the news of the day. Now, first of all, Last week was the ACC Media Day, ACC Kickoff 2021 is what they call it, and they had all the interviews that we've talked about, but they also had the uh, preseason poll done by the ACC Media. These were all done by the media in attendance, so unfortunately, I did not get to uh, make my vote heard. However, what happened... Boston College was third in the ACC in their preseason poll behind, you guessed it, Clemson, who ran away with it, and NC State, a team that had one person vote for them to win the conference, which is incredible. The other side of the conference, they had, you know, UNC and near the top. They also had Miami right behind them, followed by Virginia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and then Duke. Sorry, in the ACC Atlantic, it was Clemson, NC State, BC, Florida State, Wake Forest, Louisville, and then Syracuse, uh, which is interesting that Louisville came in six because I saw David Hale had them at two, which, I, again, I've said before, I don't understand. But when I when I look at this, this is about as much credit as you're going to see a Boston College team. Now, if you followed BC for the last 10 years between the Adazio and Spaziani years, and you watch some of these preseason polls, they were always six or seven. Every single year, no matter what it was, and you couldn't really argue with it. They weren't very good. They may finish fifth or fourth, but when they are put in the preseason poll at three, that shows to you that this is a team that needs to be taken seriously. Because if the media has got them that high already, they're going to play better than that because the media never really gives Boston College respect in general. So you have to think that they're going to be a team in good position when it comes to the ACC season. The big, biggest surprise to me was Florida State over Wake Forest. I am, I'm buying on Wake Forest this year. Of all the teams that could shock Boston College, I think Wake Forest is one of them. And it's not even a shock. I think Wake Forest is a good team. And I, I've, I told you all along, I'm selling on Florida State too. I don't, I don't get it. But um, Mackenzie Milton's a good quarterback. But they're a team that they, I got to see it before I can believe it. In terms of the realignment news, which we're going to get into more in sections two and and three, Texas A&M had an emergency session where they talked about God knows what, but it it was an executive session, so that means the media is never going to find out what they talked about. But I don't really think they have much to talk uh, they can go on to leave the SEC because they're not going to do that or put their foot down to stop Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference. That's the other thing that has been popped around. I don't think I can see that happening either. But uh, they're in, it's interesting because they're the like they're probably the lone holdout uh, of what's going on there. Now from here, now that what what we saw today is that the Oklahomas and Texas they are 
out of the Big 12. They're about to announce that they're gone, and that means they're going to make their move towards the SEC. I've heard all sorts of rumors about uh, you know other things about like the ACC trying to pop in and steal it. I don't believe any of that. They're heading to the SEC. That's where the money is. That's where they're going. So that think that's the other piece of big news. Other than that, it's a quiet day in sports. Uh, thank goodness for realignment, because otherwise we'd be fi- we'd be struggling to find some things to talk about Boston College. But in a moment, we're going to talk to Mitch Wolf about his views about realignment, because I think it's interesting to hear other perspectives. This is a loaded conversation. There's so many people that have so many different things that, that they're thinking about when it comes to realignment, um, and we're going to hear his thoughts. But before we do that, let's talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make your sports wagers, whether it's baseball, wrestling wrestling or the Olympics, you can make your wagers on BetOnline. BetOnline is fast. It's easy to sign up. And if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. So head on over to BetOnline and use promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus. Let BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Locked On Boston College. With me today, I have staff writer Mitch Wolf, who has been on our podcast a bunch of times. Again, we're talking all about realignment and expansion. It's an exciting time or nervous time, depending on who you're talking to about college football. Mitch, how you doing? Long live the Big 12. The Big 12 is dead. Long live the Big 12. <laughs> I'm doing <Yeah>. great. <laughs> It's, there's so many changes going on, and I, I, as we're recording this, I just saw that Texas A&M is having an emergency meeting, and I don't know, I'm not sure what that's about other than them throwing another temper tantrum about Texas joining. Um, but when you look at the, the landscape of college football, Mitch, how big is this move for Oklahoma and Texas to join the SEC? Um, honestly, for, for them, from their perspective, I don't think it's necessarily that big. Like, they're going to get more money, and that's great and all. But, I mean, this is – a titanic shift in the sport that I think even surpasses their alignment we saw at the end of the 2010s. Um, so this is huge for really everybody else. For them and the SEC, it's just like, okay, we're going to keep getting bigger. We're going to keep getting more money. We're going to keep being the best conference in college football. Yeah, and you know what was interesting? So you got two schools. You have one that is – I mean, they're both loaded. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas mm-hmm. both have – but you look at Texas. Texas is the one that interests me the most because you've heard for the last 15 years about Texas being this juggernaut. Ever since they had, you know, Vince Young and Mac Brown there and they were – you know, they you know uh, were on the verge of a national championship and all that – or won a national championship. They did all that great stuff. But since then, they have been nothing more than a mediocre Big 12 team. You know, they've had flashes here or there, but they've never been the dominant football program that they could be. My, my thought was, I saw a writer, and I forget who it was, that questioned whether Texas going to the SEC could turn them into the next Arkansas. And, uh, you know, a good program that just gets overwhelmed by big schools. Do you see something, like, if you're Texas and you have to face Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia. Are you worried about how your fo- football program is going to to uh, react to all that? I mean, in terms of the eyes of Texas fans, it can't get much worse. You know, so I think this is a good move for them because I think a big issue of why they fell off so much was because the SEC started getting so much more dominant. Te- Texas A&M leaving was big because that allowed a, a Texas school to say, hey, we're playing in the SEC we can give you more exposure. Um, so 
the best kids out of Texas are going there. They're going to Alabama. They're going to Florida. They're going to LSU. So basically, the SEC has just been pillaging Texas for the last 10 years. And so Texas has gotten worse by extension. Now, Oklahoma has been able to you know, also steal some Texas recruits. They've been able to kind of go a little outside of their own state. But Texas has always kind of had this locked-in, idealized version where they can recruit Texas and be fine. And I think this is a good move for them because this basically says, okay, like, listen, we got to step up our game, but it also helps them in that recruiting. Like, okay, like I can go to Texas and still be a part of the SEC, which is the best conference for putting out NFL talent. And this move is, you know, with every realignment that happens, there's always going to be two other moves uh, as conferences react to that. And the big 12, what happens to them could define where the other bigger conferences go. What do you predict happens with the rest of the Big 12? Do you think, do you see them trying to re-energize themselves with a Boise State and, you know, a Houston or something like that? Or do you think this is it for them? I mean, I let off by saying the Big 12 is dead. And I think that that, I think eventually that's going to be true. They have like four years to get themselves ready to try to figure something out. But it's interesting the way you framed that because it seemed, it's almost like a game. And I was thinking of this earlier and I'm sure somebody's going to put this in terms of a chess match. And it's not that this is a game of monopoly. There's there are a certain amount of territory or pieces of property that can be bought and traded. And basically the sec just added literally the red and the orange corner, which is the best corner to have a monopoly while having a lot of the other best properties. So, you know, and as everybody knows, a monopoly game ends with somebody flipping over the board. So, I don't know what's going to happen exactly, but I'm pretty sure the Big 12 is gone. The, the thing about the Big 12, what it reminds me of is, AJ, have you seen the movie Crazy Stupid Love? Uh, no. Okay, so in the beginning of the movie, Steve Carell finds out his wife is having an affair, and basically he's this like frumpy, like middle-aged dad, and he like goes to the bar and is just like sitting there drinking this like weak vodka crayon, just looking like a sad sack of potatoes. And that's kind of what I think of the Big 12 is looking like, just this sad old man sitting in a bar like, what do I do with my life? That's what the Big 12 is right now. So, yeah, and there's all these other conferences that I think are like licking their chops at some of the, the, the as you said, monopoly pieces that they have available for them. Like, you know, yeah, Oklahoma State is not Oklahoma, but they're still a valuable asset. So mm-hmm. is Texas Tech, so is Baylor. And you could build around that. Now, the conference that I think, you know, there's all these different, ideas and we're going to have to continue to watch to see what happens will the pac-12 poach them will the aac poach them will the big 10 poach from this conference or will all of them could the aac become the next power five conference i know with the playoff system they're kind of poised to be there but you add in an oklahoma state and a baylor and all of a sudden the aac starts to look pretty good yeah and the aac already has its foot in texas with smu and um, houston uh, the AAC is extremely interesting because, and I think it was Nicole Auerbach for the athletic who wrote a really good article about how the AAC wants to be the aggressor in terms of getting teams. They don't want to be co-opted by the big 12 or the big 10. They want to make themselves. And this is how their whole branding, like the power six, they're like, okay, now is the time to strike. My thing is, is the rest is the, are the AAC teams individually going to be able to hold it together? Are they going to present a United front or if the Big Ten comes a knock into Cincinnati, if the ACC or even the SEC comes to UCF and comes a knock and says, hey, come on over, will, you know, will Cincinnati and uh, UCF and those schools, will they abandon the AAC and leave it for kind of the pickings that it originally was? Uh, so that, the AAC is going to be really interesting to watch because they've got to kind of be on, their, be on the aggressive in terms of getting schools, but they also got to make sure that 
you know, some of their stalwarts like Cincinnati, UCF, Memphis, Houston are going to stick with them. Yeah. And, you know, in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit more with Mitch Wolf. I, and after the break, I'd like to talk to Mitch about the ACC and Boston College and kind of where BC sits in this whole um, realignment and expansion draft. But before we do that, let's chat a little bit about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. It's been serving customers online for over 20 years. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and it's so easy to use. All you do is head over to rockauto.com, enter your make and model, they'll tell you what they have, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Check it out over there. When you go over and use their website today, make sure you write locked on in a how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. With me, I have my staff writer, Mitch Wolf. We've been talking realignment, and we were looking at the Big 12 and AAC to talk about uh, what, what his thoughts were on that. Now, let's look at the stuff that Boston College fans want to know about, the ACC. Mitch, where do you think the, the conference stands right now in this whole uh, domino effect or, or, or chess match or monopoly board, as you said? Uh, and where do you think their next move will be? I think the AAC is in a relatively similar position to the American in that they have to be concerned about keeping everybody in line as well. Because I think you mentioned it on the show yet yesterday or on Monday that there's a chance that the SEC can poach Clemson, FSU and Miami maybe. And I think that's a realistic possibility down the road, which I think could lead to a basically dividing of college football into mega conferences. So you'd have a great South Southern conference stretching from, Texas and Oklahoma to Florida to South Carolina. I think, as you also you mentioned, I think there could be a great Northern Conference stretching from Minnesota all the way to Boston. So I think that there is a chance that the ACC could go the way of the Big 12 and basically just get broken up and sold for parts with basically every school south of Mason-Dixon line heading to the SEC, every school north of it heading to the Big 10. Yeah, and this gives me a chance to go on a diatribe for a second. I apologize. We love that. No, absolutely. Go off, King. Uh, Because I've seen – I saw another site write about it, uh, a whole article – I'm not going to mention who – about – this be and it was like doom and gloom. I felt like reading about it, and I've seen a lot of older BC fans doing the same thing about BC is going to be left out in the cold. BC is they're going to get kicked out of the ACC. Let me just say right now, BC is not getting kicked out of the ACC. They have a, a, a grants and rights um, agreement through 2035. They cannot get kicked out, so they could be in the shell of the ACC, where the where the the conference is a complete disaster and, and not what it used to be. But the ACC can't just go, oh, you know what, BC, we're going to kick you out because that's not part of the deal that they made when they created the ACC network. I think that was a big part of that article that I read that was missing, and it's very very key to this this uh, this uh, fat, this conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously, like money is the biggest thing here. And even that's something that I tend to forget when I'm just kind of tinkering around doing like, you know, fantasy realignments of college football. But, you know, I, th- I'm, I think the biggest domino here, especially if the ACC is Notre Dame. And basically in the next, until that rights agreement runs out, it is put up or shut up time. Like the ACC needs to get Notre Dame. And, you know, we're BC fans. We don't like Notre Dame that much. I really didn't like how they handled the way how they quote saved college football this fall because they decided to take one for the team and play in the ACC as a conference member, which was insufferable. But anyways, um, 
I they the ACC has to bite the bullet and pony up whatever Notre Dame wants to put it yep. bluntly. As I said on yesterday's episode, it was kind of just a, an epiphany I had. They need to get a Notre Dame network for them. Like, just do it. If so, that's what it if it, if that's what it takes, get ESPN to make them a Notre Dame network. We'll hate it all, but if that makes them happy, then do it. You know so what the, I mean? The other option that I think is interesting is the ACC could threaten to go to NBC Universal with Notre Dame. <laughs> Because basically you turn it on its head. You're like, listen, ESPN, you got to help. You basically got to help us get Notre Dame. Like, give us more money so we can lure Notre Dame to our thing. Otherwise, we're just going to – because, like, NBC Universal is, like, they're, they're one of the bigger – like, they're becoming, like, one of the, you know, streaming service titans. So, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of upset with how the Olympics are going with Peacock and all that crap. But, yep. listen, like, that's, that's the threat you have to make. Like, that's how you make sure that ESPN or ABC or whatever, like, actually ponies up the cash. So – like, I think, like you were saying, like, there's some schools the ACC could get that would be nice hood ornaments, like West Virginia. I'd really like West Virginia. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. They might be able to swing, like, either the either the Eastern uh, Service Academies, maybe UCF, maybe Temple, Cincinnati, possibly, another kind of Big East school of the past. But N- Notre Dame is the be-all, end-all. They have to get Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that that's going to be the big factor. And as I talked about yesterday, you know, and – People don't get like the Big Ten is is at, they're at that level right now at the SEC. You look at the money, as you said, Mitch. The Big Ten makes gives their charter members, you know, at, this year was huge. It was like twenty million dollars. But yeah, in, their revenue is on par with the SEC, and it's only I think it's only getting bigger. And like they have their own network that's been around for a while. It's run by Fox, like the Big Ten Network. It's you know it's yep. much better than the ACC network, I'll say that. Absolutely. And you have to imagine I mean the ACC network is still blocked out by everyone who has Comcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're Boston College and the and you know the Big Ten is looking and they're saying, hey, we want to get this big northern block to battle the southern block. Boston College, it, as much as people want to rip on it, is an attractive option. Don't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I, I know the Boston market isn't like the most valuable for college football, but it's one of the bigger media markets in the country. It is a serious, I mean, the Big Ten added Rutgers and called it the New York market. You know, yeah. I think they'll be like, oh yeah, BC is more valuable than that because one, we're better. And two, it's just a more value. Well, Boston isn't more valuable than New York, but you know, central New Jersey is not more valuable than, and also that if they, if they add NBC, they're going to add Syracuse too. So you're getting kind of both angles of New York college football. Yeah. And as a Boston college fan, as I was thinking about this, like I like the ACC, I like the games against Clemson and Florida state, but I've always, as some people have said, the people, the, the other fans that really missed the big East, there's always been kind of this, like, you know, it just feels like a little off. If I feel that if Boston College did go to the Big Ten, if they joined there, those matchups against Michigan, Penn State, you know, some of the older schools that they've played against, you know, whether it's Northwestern, you know, Illinois, Indiana, I feel like those would – they just would fit better. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I tend to agree, especially if, like, if the Big Ten kind of adds that northeastern mid-Atlantic block. So BC's playing – obviously Syracuse, but they're going to play Rutgers, Maryland – uh, Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, all, and even if, if they, even if they can swing the academies, like all of that, w- that little corridor is a really great kind of breeding ground for like Northeastern college football. I mean, whenever I do custom conferences in NCAA 14, that's <laughs> always the conference BCs. And I always put them in there. And that's a I mean, it's great for BC because if you can swing like a really good recruiting class and like a really good team, like I think we're going to have this year, like you can take that, that division at least, you know, if Penn mm-hmm. state's having a down year, 
you know, you can take that division and get somewhere. So we were talking about Boston College here. And do you feel like at the end of all of this, they're going to get left out in the cold? No, absolutely not. Like, it, I just don't see that happening. Because, like, again, like we were, we were saying is, like, one of the two, if the ACC survives in its current iteration, like, we're going to be part of it. If the Big Ten sweeps in and kind of breaks up the ACC, we'll be part of that too. So I, I'm really not concerned. I, I am intrigued about your point you made about um, the, the, the Hockey East kind of – uh, stop the, the dilemma there. Do, do you really think that that would be a um, like a hindrance in the negotiation if ACC was being courted by the Big Ten? I could see, I, you know, the Big Ten is really making a push for hockey and really yeah. trying to up their brand. Uh, and I, I would think that they would want to push that. Um, but maybe, you know, <laughs> we talk about Notre Dame making a deal. Maybe they do a deal with BC where they figure out a way for them to stick with a lot of hockey East turn, uh, games and stuff like that so they can continue doing it. I, I don't know. Like, if you get that money, I, you, you have to say yes. Because football, as much as hockey fans don't want to admit it, they, it funds everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no question. I mean, every, every, school that, every school that has an athletic department that's profitable, it's because of their football team. And I think, like, I don't even think, like, Duke and Kansas are profitable, partially because their football teams are absolutely terrible. Um, but, like, you know, Alabama, Texas, Ohio State – I'm not sure if Clemson is profitable yet. Even Texas is profitable because their football team just breaks in so much money, even though they're not even that good. Yeah. And I think like in the end, you know, BC is going to think about what, what's best for them and they're going to have to make that move. Like they're going to have to think football first. And as much as, you know, I, and as, and when you look at it too, we're talking about all this realignment right now, you know, if you're following college hockey too, there's this creeping trend where there's new teams popping up at big schools that's going to mm-hmm. change the landscape of that. And this is a whole other conversation coming up soon because you're seeing, I forget what big schools I've seen start to like add hockey programs, but they're thinking about it at these bigger programs that are going to change the whole landscape of that. That's coming probably 10 years down the line, down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a football fan first, so I'm always going to say that that takes primacy and in terms of money, it does. So, Yep. If if the if the hockey team has to sacrifice by playing, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, so we can also play them and the bigger conference of the Big Ten. Sorry, that's how it is. So, Mitch, before I let you go, it was a great conversation so far. This is on uh, Locked On Boston College. Um, what is the craziest thing that you think could happen in conference realignment during this go around? What's like maybe something you've read, something you've thought in your head? What What have you thought of? Well, let me just open up my college realignment uh, spreadsheet that I've had for a few years now where I've been tinkering with different ideas for many years. My, my problem is that I get too locked into geography and like kind of forget about money sometimes. My, my big brain take right now is we're getting three super conferences, each with I think 20, like five or 26, like something like that, like mid 20s number of teams. And like each, each one will have like three divisions. Um, so like in this in this in this vision, like the ACC kind of gets break, broken up for parts. So you know BC joins that kind of mid Atlantic division with you know Syracuse, Pitt, the Virginia schools, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, um, and then the rest of the Big Ten kind of fills out the rest of that conference. And then the ACC joins, or the, like the Southern schools in the ACC join what is now the SEC, and then the Pac-12 kind of poaches what's left of the Big Twelve and some of the schools from the AAC. All right. On the West Coast, along with Boise State, it's time for Boise State to get the call up. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what else they can do. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I saw talking of like I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff with the Pac-12. Um, I've seen 
everything from Stanford and USC going to the ACC to I just saw it today. I forget it might have been someone on the Athletics saying something about the Pac-12 taking on Boise State in Colorado State, which I almost spit my coffee everywhere oh my when God. I saw that. Thinking of Adazio. <laughs> In the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Boise State, I mean, BYU, I, I'm going kind of back to Notre Dame. I'm wondering if the NCAA kind of via the SEC is going to find a way to like abolish independent status. Yep. Because, I, I mean, the NCAA obviously like a lot of problems with it. And I think that they kind of want to have more control over those kind of programs. Now, you know, Notre Dame and BYU matter. Programs like U, or UConn, UMass, and New Mexico State don't. But maybe they only use independence for like transitional programs like Liberty or uh, Coastal Carolina. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, this is Mitch Wolf. Mitch is a staff writer on our site. Mitch, you've had some other projects going on. Uh, let me give you a chance to kind of promote what you've been working on. Yeah. I mean, I've been going through the ACC positions. Uh, I've been trying to rank them within the conference. Um, a lot of people aren't happy with my rankings, but, you know, it's, it's just an opinion piece. It's not that big a deal. We're just trying to have some fun making some content in the preseason which again, some people have a problem with. AJ and I have talked about that. Um, but oh. if you want more of that, you can follow me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. I'll be promoting my articles there. And also um, some of my new podcasts where I'm hosting a Steelers podcast and a uh, co-hosting a draft podcast, which I'll be promoting as well. And you're writing somewhere else as well, right? Yeah, so I'm actually writing. I'm writing for a bunch of sites. Um, so I'm writing for uh, Expand the Box Score, doing scouting reports there for – uh, the upcoming draft class, and also f- I'm mostly doing podcasting for this other website called Around the Block, which is a uh, kind of like a general sports website with a lot of different people writing for it about uh, various teams from like all over the country. So it's kind of like a an old school Bleacher Report, if you will. All right. Well, thank you, Mitch. Uh, check out all his work. Mitch is an excellent writer. He puts a lot of effort into all his articles, and they're always interesting to read. So check his work out on our site and on Around the Block and everywhere else he's doing his, uh, his work. Just check him out on Twitter. It's the easiest way to find where he, <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, this is AJ Black. You can find my work at bcbulletin.com. Uh, I'm the editor and publisher there. We have tons of things. I'm talking about realignment all the time because this stuff fascinates me. Um, and if you want to check out more of my work, follow me on AJ Black underscore bc or my site at bulletin bc uh, i am this is locked on boston college please like and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast on tomorrow's show we're gonna have dan rubin on we're gonna continue talking realignment because honestly we're two weeks away from practice this is gonna be the talk of the town so we'll we'll, we'll hear his perspective he's more the insider key you know he works at boston college we'll hear more or he writes for about boston college for bceagles.com uh, we'll hear more about his perspective from all this and it'll give us another uh chance to talk about realignment uh for mitchell mitch this is aj we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.